Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to A2D Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter at A2ZSports.com. We are Nashville's on-demand sports.network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok for more great Titans content. You got to thank our sponsors uh, because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process and see them uh at wilsoncountyhyundai.com, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. The Aura app, keeping you all safe online. You can get a two-week free trial with Aura by going to our link, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations, uh, in Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, you mentioned it's Wednesday. The Titans beat the Chargers three days ago, and you haven't really felt like you've been able to, you know, get all of your uh, your opinions off your chest. But you did mention the 20 minutes you have at Titans at 2, and that's something that will kind of debut a little bit more. And Titans at 2 with Sam Phelan will be every Monday and Thursday at 2 p.m. on the same streaming channels that we have right here with A to Z Sports. So another opportunity for Sam to kind of voice his opinions Monday afternoon, right after Mike Vrabel speaks to the media, and then Thursday afternoon after the Titans have a couple of practices under their belts for that week. So Monday and Thursday uh, with Sam, Titans at 2 in those afternoons. So Sam, I know you're excited about that. And you were at Dobird in green Hills uh, for the first edition of Titans at two. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, you said Monday, Thursday, right? So Monday, I'm going to have a chance to react to the game that we just kind of all watched uh, on Sunday, react to Mike Vrabel's press conferences and some of the locker room conversations that I had following the game. If it's a home game at Nissan stadium, uh, and break that down for the people, talk about my thoughts. Thursdays is a unique opportunity as well, because on Thursdays we get coordinators. So I'll have a chance to talk to Tim Kelly and Shane Bowen and Craig Aukerman before practice on Thursday. Later that afternoon, another Titans at two show from the home studio to, uh, you know, talk about the upcoming game, the upcoming matchup and things I expect to see from the Titans on both offense and defense uh, in that weekend's matchup. So uh, a good little schedule, like you said, 15 to 20 minutes with the chat, with the people breaking down my opinions and potentially what is to come for the next week of Titans football. Yeah. So Chris says starting tomorrow. Well, it technically started Monday and a lot of people uh, did check in on that first one. Uh, but yes, tomorrow is the first Thursday. Tomorrow, episode. Yeah. yeah. Back tomorrow, the first Thursday episode. So Sam will have you guys a couple times a week. Titans at two. Uh, right there on the same channel. So looking forward to that uh, and continue to grow Titans at two uh, with Sam coming up throughout this season. All right, so let's get into the Titans offense because the title of the show is the biggest difference in the Titans offense in two games of Tim Kelly calling the shots. Mike Vrabel started off his Monday press conference, Sam, and we didn't have a chance to really dive into this much yesterday because of the Nick Chubb injury and how that uh, changed and altered how the week's going to go. But Mike Vrabel was able to talk and was asked about the offensive line, the sacks given up, and the offense as a whole on Monday. Here's what the head coach had to say. Did a nice job of staying efficient. We played these guys last year. Uh, had probably 13 or 14 what we would call get back on track down in distances, second and nine plus, first and 15. We had four of them yesterday, uh, the fourth one being 
you know, the second and 12 at the end of the game where we ended up punting on third and, and 10. So just pointing to the efficiency, and you can see that when we're able to get into drives um, as opposed to getting into a drive, having a second and five, having a false start, making it second and 10, not having a positive play, third and 10, and then it's just really um, tough from there. Um, had the sacks, you know, a lot of those uh, were, were on third down. And, and those longer yardages, you know, one's on a screen. Ryan knows he is good. We got to find an, a place to get rid of the football at the, you know, heels of the running back or heels of the lineman with the running back somewhere near there. So, um, you know, one, they, they had a pressure. We need to, you know, kind of block whoever shows. And one guy dropped, one guy came. Uh, the, the TEs, you know, the games, Right, that's something right that's going to have to continue to, to get improvement. You know, our ability to work with the guy next to us, whether that be on the offensive line, and coverage in the secondary, like that that is something that we're going to continue to focus on. Uh, it's hard communication with the guy next to us who we're working with, uh, but that that's something that showed up. But there was also some some really good plays, some really good pockets that allowed us to to throw the ball downfield. We were efficient in the run game, you know, so it's easy to point. You know, to those, um, and we don't we don't want those. We can't have those. Obviously, you know, don't want to get the quarterback hit. Don't want bad things to happen when he does get hit. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff from uh, Rabel there. Now, I do want to correct Rabel because Hello Ladies on YouTube says they punted on third and ten. That was the the field goal to win the game. Yeah, was the third and ten. So Rabel with the uh, brain fart and using the wall, the wrong kicking term on that. They kicked the field goal to win the game in overtime on third and 10 because the rain was about to dump uh, water on the entirety of Nissan Stadium. But Sam, there was a ton of really interesting things that Mike Rabel said in that clip. And I find it interesting that the longer Mike Rabel is a head coach, I feel like the more he says in the media that we can actually take from it. He's getting better at saying really interesting stuff that we can use. Yeah. I mean, it was very interesting and kind of all encompassing, right? Because yeah. the Titans offense was not as simple as, Oh, we scored 27 points. Oh, we had 340 yards of net offense. That's a good day. I, there were some big, big positives. There were some big negatives and you kind of heard Mike break them all down from like, Hey, we like what Ryan was able to do. We like how our run game battled and was efficient and, and Tajay's ability to extend plays. We didn't like some of the self-inflicted wounds and pre-snap penalties and five sacks on Ryan Tannehill, four of them coming on third down and one on fourth down and the way that those killed and stalled drives. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was an up and down performance, which is why I think this is such a, an interesting uh, analysis uh, of figuring out how you feel, how I feel, how the chat feels about the offense as a whole. Uh, 27 points, you'll take that, but not without some major concerns. Yeah, for sure. So I, I do think it's, it, it's a big deal. The Titans have been able to put up points in week two after not being able to put up points in week one. Uh, so Tim Kelly has had an interesting first couple of weeks as the Titans offensive play caller, not scoring enough in New Orleans, not getting into the end zone, and then finding the end zone uh, three times uh, against the Chargers and putting up 27 points, the most points in a game since the Titans last won a game uh, in nine tries. So let's ask this question, and Sam will get the audience involved here because I'm interested in it. The biggest difference you've seen in the Titans offense under Tim Kelly through two games. What is the biggest difference you've seen in the Titans offense under Tim Kelly through two games? I've got my answer and curious about what yours is, Sam. Have you've as you've dived into this a little bit more? But first, Aura can protect you online. I've been using Aura's app for quite a while now. Aura first can identify data brokers who are selling your information to telemarketers, spammers, robocallers that hit you up from every digital aspect and it just bothers you, right? Well, they identified 30 data brokers were selling my information and taking advantage of me, uh, but Aura stripped those away in about five or six days. I'm going to give you a two-week trial when you use Aura with our link, aura.com slash ATOZ to get rid of the data brokers. Then you start to dive into the other things that Aura can offer, like password manager. I hate 
cannot stand when I try to log into something and I'm like, ah, I don't know the password. And then I got my three attempts and I miss it. Now I'm blocked for 15 minutes and I got to wait. Well, Oris changed that for me too and how they can manage and protect my passwords as well as credit identity theft monitoring too. So check them out and get a two week free trial with our link aura.com slash ATOZ. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM, and you can get up to $1,500 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. That's $1,500 and a second chance to win big, even if your first wager loses when you use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. It's one reason BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Another reason, uh, Survivor Pool still going on. I'm yeah. still alive. Are you alive, Austin? I am alive. Live and well. Did you Sam. take the New York Giants by chance? I took the Dallas Cowboys and cruised mm. to that win. I was in on the Buffalo Bills. I hit right. my pick. So week three, we're alive. Chat, hopefully you guys are still alive as well. Another reason why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. So get with them and use the bonus code when you sign up. A-T-O-Z Sports. All right, so what's the biggest difference that you can see in Tim Kelly's offense through two games uh, of him calling the shot? So, Sam, we'll send you to the chat here. The biggest difference that you've noticed, uh, and Bork says we need a Peter update. We will give a Peter update later on the show, as you can see on the graphic. Uh, But, Sam, I'll send you to the chat. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, what is everybody saying about the biggest thing that they've noticed being the difference in Tim Kelly being the play caller? Delvin Brown says first down is the biggest difference. Billy Jones says it's the scheme. Scott says, Oh, Billy Jones, be more vague, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you, the offense is different. That's what uh, I know. Tim Kelly has different colored eyes than Todd Downing. Tim mm-hmm. Kelly is taller than Todd Downing. Tim Kelly has a colored eyes than Todd Downing. Everybody has different colored eyes than Tim Kelly. I mean, Tim Kelly has those things are piercing. So Tim Kelly's eyes, eye color is like Gatorade glacier freeze. Yeah. That is Tim Kelly's eye color. It's, it's how you draw them up, right? Like you're like building the perfect eye color. You think Tim Kelly, like that. Tim Kelly, they're both beautiful and scary as hell all at the same time. Yeah, uh, isolated, probably beautiful. You add that beard and like that scowl that he does out yes. into like the out into oh, the world. And you're and like, oh become, my god! Like he yeah. looks like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> True. Uh, Scott says more aggressive. Uh, Elizabeth says the RB by committee. I like that one. RB by committee getting a, uh, you know, the usage of Derrick Henry certainly a big change. The predictability, more passes, the deep ball, nothing says Lou Man, our uh, resident pessimist here first down passes from kevin jones patience from john moore more explosive plays says matt drew anthony says using two running backs the play calling is better there's really no difference uh he's not downing with a lot more passing the passing has been better tajay spears getting so many snaps probably the script creativity uh, less King Henry, not much of a difference. Scheming players open, more home run plays. Throwing on first down, there's one less. Okay, we're not going to read. finish that comment from Steven. Uh, uh, I missed it. I had to go find it for myself. We throw on first down, says uh, Bobby. We have uh, unpredictable first downs, creativity, unpredictable. So a couple good points here, Austin, from the chat. I think um, the... The RB usage is an obvious one. Uh, Some of the passing efficiency and the big plays. Would you consider that a difference? I feel like the Titans tried to throw some of these deep balls last year. They just didn't really have the same weapons or threats or ability to get open. Uh, But some good stuff from the chat. I would say those are the most commonly responded answers. Yeah, I I think it's hard to, well, Cause you got two years of data on Todd Downing and yes, AJ and Julio were both, you know, a revolving door of injuries in 2021, as was the entire team the last two years. And so I, I have to, as much as I pointed out how bad Todd Downing was a lot through those two years, you do have to give him a slight bit of grace on the personnel limitations there. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed being the difference of Tim Kelly, it's the scheming, of wide open plays, like not just the passing game, but 
the running game as well. He is scheming conflict for the defense more than I've seen the Titans offense do the last two years. So my official answer, scheming conflict for the opposing defense. Because you can look at it and say Ryan Tannehill's 12-yard touchdown run on the triple option is that by definition. Scheming conflict for the defense. Because you've got Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry uh, in the backfield. You fake it across the zone read to Tajay. Tannehill pulls. You go around the edge. You got Derrick Henry as the pitch man. Derwin James, one of the more talented safeties in the entire league, is just sitting there and frozen and just jumps out to Derrick Henry and Tannehill scoots it right up there for six. So that's where I think is a great example of scheming conflict. And then you've got the shot plays, the plays that are you know wide open receivers down the field. And I feel like the scheming guys open in the Titans offense prior was reliant on really one play. It was play action bang, play action deep slant to AJ when healthy, to Burks a couple times, and to some other players like NWI. That was really about it. You know, the Titans had a bread and butter play on play action. It was play action, deep slant, boom, usually good for 15 yards. But that was about it. AJ could turn that into a, you know, however many yards left until the end zone at times. But now you've got actual variation in how they scheme guys open and create that conflict. So that's that's my answer. And then this doesn't even include the two amazingly drawn up plays of scheming conflict where Chig and Tajay Spear has had walk-in touchdowns, but Tannehill flat out missed them uh, and it could have been drawn up better. Yeah, so I mean, this is cool too because I think part of this is not just the deep ball, right? I yes. often... When people think of like, oh, getting schemed open, they're thinking of how many Tyree Kill plays do they have? How many plays where Tyree Kill is 15 yards from the nearest defender downfield and then running because around? Because he's Tyree have. Kill. Right. right. Uh, and like, so sure, the Titans took some deep shots to Traylon Burks that they they hit, uh, you know, against the Chargers. They had a deep shot to Chris Moore that they hit against the Chargers. But for me, this is a lot about how Tim Kelly makes like we hear a lot about getting into drives. How does Tim Kelly get the Titans into a drive by giving them efficient plays by making it look easy to get down the field? So there's an example of this. I don't know if you know the play that I'm referencing. Didn't realize I was going to bring this up or I would have pulled it. Uh, <laughs> Traylon Burks runs kind of from the slot towards the sideline and sneaks up the sideline into a bit of a there's a window to get him the football in between a corner and a safety Tannehill could fit this ball into the honey hole if he wanted to for a gain of 25 to 30 yards take his shot to the left side what that did was force your corner that was underneath Traylon to start thinking Tannehill's got room to throw behind me right now. He took a couple strides back, backed up like five yards to think about going to going and defending that route. Tannehill, instead of going for the riskier throw to Traylon, takes a check down to Derrick Henry, who had kind of swung wide on a wheel route. Now Derrick Henry is catching the ball at the line of scrimmage with momentum and ahead of steam, one defender within 10 yards of him. And uh, yeah. the defender made a nice play, tackled Derek. I believe they gained eight or nine yards on the play. But it's small things like that. That's this was as easy of a throw for your quarterback as you can draw up. You're getting your playmaker the ball in space with the potential of breaking one big. And you're getting into a drive because now you're starting off with a second and two, a second and one. You're getting good yardage early on that makes you know efficient downs later in a, into a series so tim kelly doing things like that i think plays into what you're saying as well of like yeah getting a scheme that makes it e ryan Tannehill's job that much easier and is able to gain you solid yards and move you down the field efficiently yeah no doubt uh there's i, I want to go back to something that i saw um, or heard from Vrabel in that clip we played earlier, but <clears throat> a couple things. Jimmy says play action plays is where Tanny is comfortable, and I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but the difference in Tannehill's efficiency 
in play action from week one to week two was night and day, obviously, yeah. like, just like his entire game was. It was something like he was under 50% passing for like 70 yards against the Saints in play action, where in play action against the Chargers, he was like 80% completion for 160 or 70 yards uh, with, and I believe the Nick Westbrook Akine touchdown pass was also play um, on, on play action third, too. So count that like, one. I think it was a third and three. Third and goal, with the three play action, play action yeah. quick skinny slant up the, yeah, towards the goal post for sure. Uh, so that, that's definitely something uh, I, I agree with there, Jimmy. And then I, I see this from Jesse. Uh, look, Titans still having significantly more offensive issues than the 27 point show. 25 carries for 80 yards isn't efficiency you'd like with Henry. Tannehill looking off wide open receivers down the field, not to mention completely missing wide open throws. Receivers still struggle to create separation. Offensive line has been uh, great at keeping clean bubble despite Ryan Tannehill not stepping into it. So, Jesse, and there's a lot of interesting things there. Like, yeah. Derrick Henry started off better efficiency. I think why he only averaged like three yards a carry against the chargers and saying, let me know if you agree with this, a couple of those carries late in, in overtime, he took one for minus two to set up a field goal. Yeah. You know? And then uh, there were a couple, he had a one yard touchdown run. It scores, but you know, that's going to crush your yards per carry. And he had, I think he had two carries there within the five. So it was like two carries for five yards or something. They're right at the goal line, right after trailing got tackled inside the five. At, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You had a couple goal line carries. You, you try and get one yard or whatever, set up a field goal to the right hash or run some time and it'll kill your, uh, your yards per carry for sure. Yeah. Um, no, no doubt. So then going to the open receivers, missing them from Tannehill. I know. And I, I hate, because it's easy to do this, but a great example of fans and media pointing at something be like, the quarterback missed it, is the interception to Chris Moore against the Saints, right? Because everybody's looking at the zoomed out all 22 view and Chig is running wide open. Yeah. But the ball was already in the air or Tannehill was already in his launch to uh, where Chig's defender sees that and adapts and adjusts, right? Now, if you listen to Greg Cosell with Buck Rising last week, Chig was too deep on his route, which allowed that defender to catch the deflection on the interception, right? So if Chig was where he was supposed to be, that's probably an incomplete pass on first and 10. You take a shot. No, no, no hurt, right? Yeah, Austin, there's nothing that angers me more at this point in football season specifically, like, because early in the season, everybody's looking for a take. Everybody's looking to form, like, what is their opinion on a certain quarterback, a certain team, a certain guy? And my goodness, how much it drives me nuts. People who take a screenshot of film, post it online, and say, what is so-and-so seeing here? What is so-and-so looking at? Look, this guy is wide open on this side of the field without adding the context of like a progression or timing or pressure or any of the other factors that go into playing quarterback in the national football league. So like, yeah, it's those screenshots of like quarterback standing still in the pocket wide receiver looks wide open on the screen. What you don't see is that that quarterback is 0.2 seconds from getting leveled by a pressure or the fact that that guy just came open or the fact that the quarterback had already started his throwing motion or that it's not part of the progression. He's looking to a different side of the field, Like nothing drives me more nuts than that. Mm. And, you know, it's easy to do, but yeah, we have to keep those things in mind when we look at all right, why didn't the ball go to the open receiver? Chances are the quarterback wasn't looking or didn't feel like they had the ability to get the ball there for, pressure for defense for whatever reason and we don't know what the what the first read what his key is right like the quarterback could be reading any number of players as their first read and they might make a throw depending on what the safety does what the outside linebacker does what the corners soft coverage looks like how you know that's how they're, they're not judging you know their their first key is that one player on the left side of the field yeah and they, if they're watching that one guy, they can't see what happens on the right side of the field with a wide open route just because a, a, 
you know, that's not where their eyes are. This isn't a video game where you can see everything. Yeah, I think, Bork, I think all Bork. I think all video games need to be quarterback from a quarterback view where you're just looking at yeah. the helmet like that. So then everybody can much, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that does actually, you know, it's kind of a joke. And I know you're like poking fun. I think it has some of a factor of like, oh, yeah, people play Madden and they're like, well, when I'm on Madden, I'm looking to my right trying to get it to be and I can just tap X and my quarterback can make the throw fine. It's it's not the same as uh, obviously, but Borg points out too, windows close fast. And so you see a, you know, you can see a guy sitting across the middle and a quarterback looks off his read to the guy that take a still shot and be like, Oh, look, this guy was open. There could be a linebacker or a safety or somebody lurking and moving towards that route that then puts the ball in harm's way. If you pull it at that point. So like these windows are not always what a, a photo would lead you to believe they are. Yeah. Kenny says, but that's the thing, Austin Tannehill doesn't care about the read. He already has it set in his mind who he wants to throw to. No, I mean, no, that's not, that's not how that works again. (laughs) Like, that's not how that there are progressions. Yes. Tannehill has an idea of who his first progression is, his second progression. If this isn't there, look here. So, every quarterback, Kenny, has an idea of who they want to throw to because there is a designed progression of every play. Now, certain quarterbacks are better than others at improvising and getting out of the pocket or getting through their progressions quickly and getting the ball to the open receiver. But this is like, that's how that works. So, yes, so. You, you get up there pre-snap, you know, okay, here's my first read, which he cares about. And if the first read dictates the throw, you don't pass up on the first read just to say, oh, well, let's just wait on the next one, right? Because the next one could mean you get sacked in the center of your back and, you know, the ball comes out or something stupid. And there's also this other thing, matchups. You know, if, if maybe DeAndre Hopkins has a lesser than corner on him and Ryan Tannehill says, you know what? I want to take advantage of this matchup. So regardless, I'm going to throw it up to D hop. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's, that's how it works right there on, on the game. Yeah. Um, hey, and this is not saying that Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw, like hold the ball too long. It, there was sure. a time he, he took an awful, awful sack in that game, holding the ball too long. Um, and I do think there is something to that original comment we threw up there about, Tannehill needing to do a better job. And I think he did this against the chargers for the most part of stepping up into the pocket. Yeah. I don't think he had a, as good of a chance to avoid pressure on some of the Chargers sacks that he did in new Orleans. Uh, but yeah, when you build your offensive line inside out and you're designing a pocket for him to step through, you have to be able to maneuver it right there. You can't have your left guard getting bullied and just, you know, whatever. We'll get into yeah. that, yeah. the pressure and stuff like that. But yeah. this is not saying Ryan Tannehill doesn't uh, hold the ball too long or miss progressions sometimes. Yeah, he's not perfect, and we know that. Uh, Charles says Tannehill was stuck on one wide receiver. I mean, you could say against the Saints he was because yeah. DeAndre Hopkins had 13 targets. But against the Chargers, he was not at all because the leading target guy was DeAndre Hopkins with five and a lot of spreading the ball around there. So uh, a couple other chats, and I'll get to my other point too. Um, you know, Boogeyman says Tanny panics after the second read. I think that's kind of some of the, the PTSD that I was mentioning after the Saints game of knowing that and his clock is probably accelerated because of what last year's offensive line was. And then Nick says Tannehill will have a good season once he starts trusting his new offensive line. I think those two things go hand in hand and not panicking after your second read because you trust your protection to hold up. Here's an, here's, I want to go back to Mike Vrabel's clip here in a second um, about one thing that was very different about this Chargers game compared to last year against the LA Chargers. But Sam, first, um, tell us all about the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. You can visit them out in Franklin or schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. The Bone and Joint Institute has uh, the best doctors, the best care possible, so you don't fumble on your recovery. And they have a state-of-the-art rehab facility all under one roof and one campus for maximum convenience. Clinic, rehab, surgery, image, testing, it's all in one spot so you're not driving all over Middle Tennessee to get to different appointments. You just go to Franklin, you go and see the great folks over at the Bone and Joint Institute or schedule an appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. 
All right, Sam, uh, BetMGM, the king of sports books. You can win big with our first bet offer with our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That means you go big with that first bet because you can get up to 1,500 yards back uh, in $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses with the BetMGM app. That's uh, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualification, eligible requirements. Rewards issued at knowledgeable bonus bets. Bonus bets is barred in seven days. And for problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Uh, Sam, I just realized that you didn't give your biggest difference yet. That's true. Uh, and I we've, can be quick been, with it. Uh, we've been because, talking for quite a long time and you haven't, uh, I, I guess that's my bad. <laughs> well, you no, we, I, I got into it. We had a lot of good, uh, we had yeah. a lot of good conversation to have. Um, that's fine. You can see, so you can do that uh, here in a second, just to kind of reset the biggest difference that we've seen in Tim Kelly's offense. The first two games as calling the shots as Titans coordinator. I said, it's scheming up conflict for the opposing defense that has resulted and a couple big plays to the air to Burks and Chris Moore. It resulted in a Ryan Tannehill 12-yard touchdown run and also the opportunities to Chig and Spears in week one that were missed by the quarterback. So, Sam, what's your uh, biggest difference? Well, there is a set of three words that I feel like defined Todd Downing's offense with the Titans. Do you have a – you know what three words I'm talking about? Are two of the words the same? Yeah. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass is Todd Downing's offense in a nutshell. Uh, And the biggest difference from Downing last year to Tim Kelly for me, especially in at at home against the Chargers, has been their willingness to throw early on in a sequence. I, I went back and counted. And by my count, Austin, the Titans ran 19 pass plays, uh, on first or second down, in this game first or second down ran 19 pass plays and specifically on first down that includes the 70 yard bomb to Traylon Burks the uh 49 yard bomb to Chris Moore the pass to DeAndre Hopkins to the sideline which then set up the game-winning field goal and also on first down Ryan Tannehill's uh triple option touchdown run so a creative run in there as well not just handoff left right right yeah toss play to derrick henry uh tim kelly's offense has looked a lot more aggressive in in the way that they set up ryan Tannehill to push the ball downfield and as we've mentioned and as chat has said with how comfortable we know ryan Tannehill is in play action their ability to go to Derek some of the time, but not all of the time on first down creates more opportunities for play action, uh, 70-yard bomb to Traylon Burks, play action, 49-yard bomb to Chris Moore, or triple option, you don't know what to do or what's happening because we don't run this type of stuff in Tennessee. So yeah, Tim Kelly, uh, more aggressive. I think it's helped him a lot. Uh, I think it helped Ryan Tannehill a lot against the Chargers. And I want to keep seeing more of it. Give me more balance early on in series. So you said 19 pass plays plays on first or second down. First or second down. So let's try to do something real quick. So the Titans had 22 first downs converted in that game, right? So that doesn't completely add up to 44 first or second downs, right? Because you just mentioned two of those first down passes did not allow for three of them did not allow for a second down because it was the Hopkins sideline throw Burke's throw and more throw. Right. So. Well, yeah. Well, some of those second downs too are like, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so I'm I, saying I, like, I'm, I'm asking, I'm trying to get to the point of how many first and second down snaps did the Titans have in the game? Mm. And then what's the percentage of, of pass on first and second down? Cause we know 19 passes on first or second down, what's the balance of run? I can on I can tell down? you if you give me like I'll I'll give you a second because I wrote them all down. I wrote down 30, every first or you second wrote down them. snap. So all yeah, right, you just want to count on the air? All right, let's see. We got yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm gonna give a guess while you while you add things up. I'm gonna try to guess how many first and second down snaps the Titans had um on uh, this day. So let's see what I can do here. Uh, let's see. Overall, 63 snaps. They had 13, so there's 50. How many times did they punt? Um, punting. Let's see how many punts I can do here. 
Um, I'm trying to see how close I can get to this. Punting stats, punted five times, so that would be 45 plus three touchdowns. I'm going to say 42 first and second down snaps. You are uh, low. It is 49 first or second down snaps. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. That's that's not that's not correct. It's 60. It's 63 plays, Sam. 63 plays. That doesn't surprise. 14 third downs. You're talking 13 third downs. So that's 50. And then they no, punted. I don't know how many third downs they. I just I'm, I counted Ooh, them. I don't know. But they also doing. kicked the field goal on third down. Yep. That's no. Your number's high. It's in between. Mm. It's in between our two numbers. Mm. Because if you that. punt five times and have thirteen third downs, that's eighteen minus punt, how many times did they punt? How many times did they punt? Five. Five. All right. How many so, plays did they run total? Sixty-three. All right, so you got 49 plus 5 is 54. Plus 13 third downs. Well, I don't know if they had 13 third downs. I'm telling you, they were oh. – <laughs> that's the stats. <laughs> the, they kicked the a team, field goal on one of them. The team stats is they were 6 of 13 on third down, and they kicked another field goal, right? So there's 14. There were six fourth downs. No, seven fourth downs because they went for it early. We're just botching this entire segment. Yeah, this is really bad podcasting here, but I think it's I think it's ridiculous. But I I think it's around forty two. Anyway, so yeah, it was off almost here. almost half, almost half of. Either way, it comes out to about forty percent of pass plays on these first and second downs, based on the number of them that they ran. Um. And that includes some of these, you know, first downs that are within the five yard line where it's like Derrick Henry run, Derrick Henry run, two runs from Henry on first and second down following that Hopkins catch. Hopkins makes that catch. You go Derrick run, Derrick run field goal. Um, so like, you know, of like actual practical inside the 20s snaps, uh, what did the Titans pass percentage look like? probably pretty even and pretty balanced. And so I yeah. think that, uh, you know, you know, which last long, year, the, the runs on first there, down but, alone were so lopsided. So I think that's a good point. So your biggest difference in Tim Kelly was being more aggressive and throwing more on early downs than what they had been the last couple of years. That kind of yeah. actually leads me to what I thought the biggest difference was in the Titans um, uh, game last year versus the Chargers and this year versus the Chargers is at the very beginning of this Mike Rabel clip. So I'll play it again real fast. Did a nice job of staying efficient. Right? We played these guys last year. Uh, had probably 13 or 14 what we would call get back on track down in distances, second and nine plus, first and 15. We had four of them yesterday. Uh, the fourth one being, you know, the second and 12 at the end of the game where we ended up. That's it, right? The get back on track plays. Yeah. 13 or 14, we we're like, all right, let's just get something to get us in a good spot. And only three, if you don't include the second and 12 where they kick the game-winning field goal right after that. I mean, that's huge, huge, because that was the entire story of last of the eight-game losing streak is you're sitting there in third and, third and desperate, right? Third and... You make sure you better protect and, and not get Tannehill sacked and, and, you know, running on first down, not gaining anything or losing yards like Downing was doing that goes into what you were saying. You know, only having three get back on track snaps out of 63 is pretty awesome. Uh, I think that's pretty incredible, especially from a, a defense that's pretty solid at getting after your quarterback uh, of a not, not a really allowing those types of things. Yeah, no, I mean, so and this is why one of the negatives is those self-inflicted wounds that I brought up, like those yeah. pre-snap penalties, the false starts that you hear Mike Vrabel talk about in his press conference as well of like turning a second and five into a second and 10 because somebody can't stay still on the line of scrimmage, sacks, negative plays, things that hurt your offense that still need to be cleaned up. But yeah, overall, making sure that you're not in third and forever and, and third and two and things that can open your playbook. 
Yeah. A to Z sports here live on this Wednesday. Uh, Dylan Radin's made a big impact uh, and we'll talk about him and what's going on with Peter Skaronsky. So uh, Peter Skaronsky update here momentarily, but first I want to tell everybody <clears throat> about our great uh, partner, uh, Krebs Kubota. They are middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider. If you're looking for equipment, whatever it may be big uh, out there, if you got some property in the County, uh, you got some big projects around the house, or maybe just, you know, the mower that you need, the everyday mower, the zero turn mower, maybe you got a tricky yard with a ditch <clears throat> or a slope or hill that you need to, the right equipment for your situation. Maybe it's just a trimmer as well. Krebs Kubota can make sure they can get you the right equipment for the job that you have. And they're an elite Kubota dealer. What does that mean? It means they have all the perks of having that relationship, the direct line to Kubota, that is the best line of equipment in the entire industry when it comes to this industry. And also Kubota has the best warranties because warranties are very important with your equipment, as is your relationship with your equipment provider. And Krebs, family-owned and operated for 18-plus years in the mid-state, they strive to have the best customer service. They have three amazing locations, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. Also check them out online, KrebsKubota.com. You there? I'm here. Are you there? Yeah, there you are. I, I did, did I freeze or did you freeze? I think that was on you. For me, you froze, but you know that could have been a me issue. Who knows? All right. But KrebsKubota.com. You're yeah. Welcome back. There you go. All <laughs> right. Uh, today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Bonus code is ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. Uh, we all know about football. We all know about NFL betting. Major League Baseball betting, don't sleep on it. I've got a couple futures out right now that I placed back in June on the Mariners and the Marlins to win the World Series. We got a good postseason race heating up and the playoffs right around the corner. So whether it's the NFL, college football, or Major League Baseball, make sure you're doing your sports betting with the King of Sportsbooks BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Place that first wager with the bonus code ATOZ Sports. And even if you lose, you're all good. A second chance to win big with $1,500 of bonus money back into your account. Uh, that's the best way to do sports betting. Bet at betmgm.com and the betmgm app. Apparently, it was Sam you that froze. Yeah. Oh, all right, God. guys. I will. I, I don't control hey, okay. the Wi-Fi. I don't control La the last week, it, last week, it was my computer. This week, maybe it's you, but that's okay. Let's get an update from Mike Vrabel about Peter Skaronsky. Well, uh, I would say that uh, sometime Saturday afternoon, you know, probably became aware of that. The staff, I mean, we're it, it's on the players. You know what I mean? The staff was, you know, we'll just make sure that the next guy's ready. And they pr practiced and X, you know, started with him and, you know, give a lot of credit to Dylan to be able to jump in there. Um, you know, being out eight and a half months, it's it's impressive feat uh, for him to play over 50 snaps that he did and and play him fairly well. So, again, uh, the concern is about Peter and, and his health, and and you know, the staff will will be fine. Did he have a procedure? He did have a procedure, so he'll be. Uh, and we'll keep you updated on, on when he'll be back out there. Mike, it seems like when Dylan came in, the offense protection was better. He ran the ball a little bit better, obviously scored points after that. Was that coincidence? Did he make a huge difference up front? Well, he, he had some good blocks. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I probably overlooked his first play in there. But, if you, you know, talking to, to, to Haas, said he, he drove his guy six or seven yards whenever it was his first play in there. So, um I didn't have a chance to go back and look at it after after meeting with the coaches. Just um, so I'll take his word for it until I go, you know, back and watch the tape. But again, it wasn't without mistake. But I think there was probably more good plays than bad plays. So there's uh, Mike Vrabel on Peter Skronsky and also Dylan Radins. We'll talk about Dylan Radins here in a bit. Lee brought up earlier in the show. Radins made a big difference. We'll get into that. But Sam, you know, with saying that. Dylan uh, Peter Skronsky did have a procedure for an appendectomy. That's interesting because I, I don't, you know, trying to figure out what is a fair expectation on his return to play is kind of risky, right? Because yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's not playing against the Browns. No. Um, I don't think he plays against Cincinnati. 
I got, I've had some people push back on that a little bit. I don't think he plays against Cincinnati. It would, it would impress me. I've had an appendectomy. I've had an appendectomy while an athlete. I've had an appendectomy during season as an athlete, trying to recover and get back on the field. Not easy. You've got, if you have a laparoscopic procedure, you've got three or four incisions down your stomach that you don't want to burst. (laughs) You don't want to break open. You don't want to cause any sort of setback. Those things have to heal. Like the skin needs to end. The the, skin needs to heal. And I was just, I had an issue popping some of my stitches and stuff and, and messing up my skin trying to pitch a baseball, let alone play offensive line at the, in, in the national football league. Uh, not to mention the, basically every muscle in your abdomen is like in pain, in crazy pain. Like you can't move at all. Uh, so I would be impressed if he played against Cincinnati, uh, two weeks from now, I, I think Indianapolis would be my guess. Is it possible he's back for the Bengals game? Yes no chance for Cleveland on Sunday. So th- that would be my personal opinion. Having gone through it, Peter Skronsky different than me as a professional athlete. I was not and am not. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, but that would be my estimation. So usually uh, doctors tell appendectomy patients that you cannot go back to work or do any type of physical activity for two full weeks to allow what you're saying, the, the incisions to heal and the muscles below I, those incisions to also heal. Yeah, look, two Josh weeks, says appendectomy is nothing to mess with. Took him day before he could sit up at all. I was an idiot. I, like I, I had my appendectomy and I had baseball going on at the same time. And I'm like, oh, I can, I can pitch. I can pitch with, you know, three days removed from appendix surgery. And I was trying to, maneuver and live life semi-normally and then go through things. And then I'm, I'm, I've got blood pouring out of my stomach half the time. Cause I'm messing with my stitches. And like you said, they tell you, Hey, hang tight for 10 days to 14 days so that yeah. you can actually like let this thing heal appropriately. And that is like, doesn't even factor in the pain of like just moving around and how delicate, you know, everything is. So Yeah. There's also another, there's another word that I'm paying attention to with this too is atrophy, right? Like if Peter Skaronsky has to basically do nothing for 10 to 14 days to let things heal, he's also not working out. He's not lifting. He's not staying active, which means atrophy. Uh, well, and look, he's a young enough guy to where you're not going to lose your muscles and your strength immediately. Like somebody, you know, a decade older or even older than that would, if you have an appendectomy at a different age, but still like for an, for an offensive lineman, you know, that's, you know, that's a lot you have to keep up with when it comes to weight and strength. Yeah. Like, and you can't eat much. Like there's like a lot of like stuff that goes into a procedure like this. Now, I mean, I'm sure he gets his protein or whatever. He'll suck it through Uh, a protein. You can drink many protein shakes, but yeah. yeah, Welcome to rice pudding life. uh, Peter Skaronsky. Uh, so look, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Colts is the soonest because that's basically three weeks after the surgery is that Colts game. Then you got to fly to London. So like, look, I've know. had people push back on it, but yeah, like I said, I, I think assuming he got that procedure Saturday before the game, you would be three weeks or it, sorry, exactly two weeks removed from the surgery the day before you go and play the Bengals, yeah. uh, that feels fast. <laughs> like that feels quick for a guy to not only get, you know, back on the field, but get pain free and then get back ready to play possible. Sure. My guess is Colts. So, you know, what does that mean now for potentially the next two games of having your left guard gone? Yeah, no, no. And it's, you know, Dylan Radins, I think came in, he was definitely better then Xavier Newman Johnson, uh, as who was leaking uh, up there, like maybe Sam's uh, appendectomy incisions. Uh, that's how Xavier Newman Johnson was playing at left guard. But now Dylan Radins comes in and starts to perform, and then all of a sudden the Titans' offense starts to score points and take off a little bit. Uh, what are you trying to pull? Up I'm here, just Sam? I'm trying to show you these. Uh, like I mean, I pulled these replays the other day. Yeah. My goodness. 
Look at this one. Yeah. Look at Xavier Newman. And yeah, not not good. Not not good at all. Um, not so, good yeah, so, at all. Yeah, and Amnesia asks, um, how many more games is NPF suspended for? He's got four more games that he is out. And so I think Peter Skaronsky is going to miss at least two, maybe three more as well. And so here's our, our final question to you guys, because, you know, Mike Vrabel, you heard it there with that video. I, Dylan Radins was a net positive. No doubt about that. Net positive in his first game in eight and a half months. So what should the Titans do with Dylan Radins when Peter Skaronsky comes back? Does Dylan Radins replace a current starter on the line? Or does he continue to have a backup role as maybe your sixth offensive lineman who can play a bunch of different spots? So what should the Titans do with Dylan Radins when Peter Skronsky comes back? Uh, but first, one more time, I'll tell you guys all about um, one of our great partners. That is Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans can take care of you whenever you need it the most. And that's when it comes to your health coverage. And Farm Bureau Health Plans can tailor your coverage plan to fit your specific needs in situation, whether it's your family situation, your financial situation, it does not matter. Farm Bureau Health Plans is here to serve you. They've been serving and helping Tennesseans across the state for over 75 years. They've got 215 locations across the state, or you can just get it started by going to their site, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Zach is a great example. He was out there on his own as a you know, self-employed, uh, you know, entrepreneur and didn't have coverage other than the marketplace and went and got Farm Bureau Health Plan, saved 20% each month and got better coverage for his health, dental, and vision. You can do the same, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, that's a second chance to win big money back into your account in a form of a bonus bet up to $1,500. It's why they're the king of sports books and why you have to do your sports betting this football season with BetMGM. So, betmgm.com and the BetMGM app. All right, so what should the Titans do with Dylan Radins when Peter Skronsky comes back? Does he replace a current starter, or does he go back to having a backup role? Um, Sam, I'll send you the chat to see what people are saying, because I, you know, we left this more open-ended so people could voice their opinion on, if there's a starter to be replaced, I want to know what you guys think of which starter could have the best chance of being replaced by Dylan Raiden. So Sam, what's the chat saying here? All right, let's see what we got. We got uh replace Aaron Brewer backup role, move Peter to left tackle. We've got Raiden's at left tackle and Skaronsky at left guard. Uh, we've got b- backup plug and play role from Brandon. We've got a Skaronsky to tackle from Billy Jones. We've got right tackle from Ken Raiden's as a backup from Johnny. We've got uh, leave Dylan at guard and Peter to left tackle says Derek Skaronsky to left tackle as well says Jody same with Eric uh Orlando same deal keep him ready in case Dillard continues to struggle start both of them uh stay a backup replace the left tackle can Raiden's play center don't think so I mean I don't I don't I, know I feel like they've experimented with it the last couple of years, but not very much. I'm not sure I've heard of him getting any. I don't work. quote me on it, but I, so. I do. Yeah, I feel like it was maybe his rookie year. I don't know. Never mind. Uh, Luke says Peter played left tackle in college, and we know Raiden's can't do it. Uh, Top tier says Raiden's needs to play. Jarvis wants to use him as a fill-in. Uh, so some interesting i look i think those are the two answers right i think it's either he's a backup or in my opinion he's your left guard and peter skaronsky is your left tackle i think he's your backup uh and he has to be your backup until things it unless things boil over with andre dillard and you're like all right this dude's bad we need to make a change I would rather keep Peter Skaronsky at guard only for the reason that you have worked him at guard since he arrived in, at mm-hmm. your training camp. And, and mm-hmm. so I think he's capable. I think he's a future tackle and probably their future left tackle. 
But for now, I think Peter Skaronsky needs to stay inside because that's all he knows. Uh, so I would keep Raidens as my sixth O-lineman that can, you know, fill in. And probably, you know, so then NPF comes back, right? And you, I yeah. think Chris Hubbard is then your swing tackle, your backup tackle with Raidens as your backup interior lineman. And, you know, if Aaron Brewer goes down, now Brunskill's your center and, and Raidens is your right guard. It, wh- however, you need to, like, shuffle the deck. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Look, Nick says, does coming off an ACL injury factor into this perhaps? I don't know what this necessarily is, but I mean, like the fact that Dylan Radins is out there playing in a game, a, a guard, you know, eight and a half months after his surgery is awesome. Like that's really great and very impressive from Dylan Radins to be able to do that. Uh, I, I think there is a, I think there's a better chance for Dylan Radins to take over Daniel Brunskill's job at right guard than there is for Andre Dillard to lose the left tackle job. Skronsky kick out the left tackle and Dylan Raidens be the left guard. I I just, I don't see that happening. So I think Dylan Raidens as your backup guard is probably the most likely scenario. Is Daniel Brunskill very good? I know Vrabel loves him. I know Rand Carthon loves him. I know he's valuable as a guy who can kind of glue the offensive line together but he's got his limitations as well. And you're also trying to figure out what Dylan Radins is as a former second round pick in year three that has not had a lot of opportunity and coming off an ACL, you know, you want to find out if he is worthy to keep around. Right. And what does the offensive line look like a year from now? Is Dylan Radins a part of the starting unit? Maybe Brunskill's just a one-year contract, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, I I think think, I'll look at that real quick. Yeah. I think Raiden's is going to get a a couple more games here in for Skaronsky. And then if he's playing two year deal, okay. Two year deal for Daniel Brunskill. If he's playing well enough and Hubbard's playing well enough, NPF is not exactly like great. I don't think NPF starting job is safe. I mean, he's another guy though. I feel like NPF has a better chance of starting for you long-term than Dylan Raiden's does at this point. Well, one guy's a year younger and has more starting experience and beat Raiden's out at right tackle as a rookie. So yeah, fair. Um, yeah. So I, again, but I, I'm not, I just don't think NPF's job is safe when he gets back. Uh, you know, six games is a lot of opportunity for Chris Hubbard to, to hang on to it, not want to ruin any type of, camaraderie and what and, and chemistry that's been built Dylan Raiden. I'm sorry. NPF cannot be at the Titans facility until after they get back from London. Okay. He is suspended. Yeah. So, so it's, he it's is away. It's the bye week right? So it's yeah, week he, seven. Yeah. They get, he gets, they get back to London and it's bye week week. He can go back. I don't know how many people are going to be there and what their plans are going to be after the, for the bye week but he's got at least the week of the, the bye week to get ready for week eight when he can play for the first time. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes, but I, I think Raiden's is your backup interior, uh, which is good to have because obviously you need it just in case somebody has an emergency surgery <laughs> like uh, Peter Skronsky had. All right, Sam, it's now time for Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday sports trivia. That's going to take me a while to, to overcome that one. So you got the, you got the grid ready to roll. Yep. Uh, are we doing the screenshots? Should I try and present here? What do we, uh, what do we feel? If you want, if you want to present it, you know, make sure you open it on a brand new internet window. So we don't see all the other tabs you got open and all the other stuff you're doing right. there on the World Wide web, but let's get to a Wednesday sports trivia. Macklet grids. By Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com is where to go. Make them a part of, your new car buying process. See our friend Painbone in Lebanon and also save money by not buying downtown, but go out to Lebanon. Uh, great drive out there, I 40 East, to see our friend Painbone at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Sam, ready when you are to get the Immaculate Grid fired up here uh, to see if we can share the screen to make this one a little bit easier for everybody uh, to play along here. Uh, we're trying to uh, to grow what we've got here with our immaculate grid style. So, Sam, uh, you think you're ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go here. If you wanna, let's share this puppy to the screen. There we go. 
take away. All right, well, I can't really see the chat, so you're gonna have to. That's okay. I'll be the chat guy. All right. So you see what we got going on here, oh, folks? We got us some we Titans have the Tennessee involved. Titans on the grid. We love to see it. Uh, shall we start there? Shall we start with the Titans right here? Because I've already got some names popping into my head right now for okay. the Titans. Yeah, we should probably start with the Titans and knock that thing out because that's going to be our best opportunity. So, Titan and Packer. Uh, My first was going to be Dennis Kelly. Mm, Yeah, that was basically the only one that I've got that is, like, decent uh, because we want to avoid, like, a Hasselbeck or somebody who was on offense. So, Dennis Kelly is an option. Titans and Packers – uh, from the chat, let's get a Titan that also Titans, played Packers. for the Packers. Yes. Um, Titans Packers, Reggie. Ooh, Reggie Gilbert. Yes. All right. Hell yes. I like this Reggie, one. Reggie Gilbert. Reggie Gilbert. 1%. Nice. Out All of right. Baby Noah. We've got Titans and Bucks. My first thought was Andrew Adams. That's from, a good one too. From Andrew last Adam, year. Because Andrew Adams, I've seen, or or for this square, we've had, you know, SMB obviously is recent. Ryan Sucka, Suck probably too popular. too popular. Yeah, there's also Alteron Werner. That's a good one, but not, I think that's too popular. Andrew Adams is brilliant. What do we there's, think? What do we think is more rare? Werner or Andrew Adams? I mean, Alteron Werner so long ago. Logan Ryan's probably too popular. Ryan's can be really popular. So we're trying. So again, the goal is to get the least popular person on on this. So let, let's vote Werner or Adams. Chat Werner or Adams are going to be. I mean, be the two nobody in the NFL knows who the hell Andrew Adams is, besides people that have watched the Titans or the Bucks or covered them. He's such a diamond. He's such a you know. Uh, uh, Ke- What's the chat saying? What are they voting? Noah says Kevin Palmfield. Did Kevin Palmfield play for the Bucks? I have no idea. What are they voting between? Let's stick with what we put. Werner and Adam, Adams. Adams is going to – Andrew Adams is going to be the most is, – is the answer there. Andrew okay. Adams. A lot of Adam Humphreys guesses too, but that's too popular as well. 0.2% for Andrew nice. Adams. All right. Uh, Titans and Jets. So screen. Titans and Jet. A Buster screen would be good. I I saw one. Farley. Well, Matthias Farley is that his name? Yeah, Matthias Farley. Matthias. Okay, Farley. There's some good ones. Sean Green. My favorite. I didn't know Sean Green played for the Titans. Yeah, my favorite earlier was Justin McCarrens. Because Justin yeah. McCarrens is a ooh Andre Dyson. Did Andre Dyson play for Jets? Justin McCarrens is a receiver from like the mid two thousands that nobody's gonna remember. Kevin Y too popular. Matthias Dave Ball says Trey. Did Dave Ball play for the Jets? Should we? Should we just? I this is the one for me. Justin McCarrens, you like yeah. that one? Yeah, I think so. Brian says go with uh, Matthias Farley, but I, I like Justin McCarrens. It's, it's the older we can go, the better, I think. All right, Justin McCarrens, one percent. I feel like we could have gone lower, but you know, yeah. All right, there's some good ones there. All right, so we we exhausted our Titans. uh, Let's get pull out all the Washington Commanders you've got in your head because we've got Commanders, Packers, Commanders, Bucks, Commanders, Jets. Uh, I know the freaking Commanders. Yeah, I'm really bad with the Commanders as well, so we're gonna need to, uh, you know, throw out your Commanders ideas, and you know, I'll. We'll should we go? To... Should we go Super Bowl um, champs first? We can't do Will Compton, guys. He didn't play for any of these three teams. He gets yes. recommended every time. He played for three squads. He played for you this. You one. have to go a, a, a Commander Packer, Commander Buck, Commander Jet. Yeah, correct. And Santana Moss is probably too popular. 
yeah, I would say for sure too popular. Can we think of some Super Bowl champions while that uh yeah, while that happens? Yeah. For this one, um Scotty Miller. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, like No, wait, 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 wait. We can go like 2002 bucks. Yeah, but like I feel like you could so I don't this is an interesting philosophy, right? Cuz I think we're better off going really really obscure on recent a recent Super Bowl champion, like an obs- really obscure player, Lavernius Coles, I like a lot for Jets Commanders. He's he's a very good answer for all of this. He's on a lot of them. Oh, nine. Nine. We're getting right. John Riggins for Jets. Jets. Commanders. We, we already did that yeah, one. Yeah, we already just did that one. My bad if I... Brad Johnson for Commanders Bucks. Do we like that? Ooh, Ha Ha Yeesh. Clinton Dix for Packers Commanders. Ooh, did Ha Ha play for Washington? He did. I like that a ton. We're sure he played for Washington. I yeah, don't remember yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he did. <gasps> Oof. Bad. And I Mr. Jones, please stop commenting Will Compton. He did not play for any of those three teams on the left. I can't. I'm disappointed in the haha that it was that Ooh, high. Adam Hum, Adam Humphreys would be a good Washington buck, but that's probably too high as well. Yeah, it might be high. We got to think of like a a deep a defensive player. I don't know if we have Martin one. Gramatica for Bucks champ because he was definitely oh. the um, field goal kicker. Boom. Packers Super Bowl champion. Oh man, you could Packers Super Bowl champion Craig Hendrick. Craig Hendrick? Yeah. Whoa, what an answer there. Yeah, baby. That's all me right there. What an answer that was. Okay, <laughs> Jet Super Bowl champion. When's the last Jets Super Bowl champion? It's been so long. All right, and guys, we did, still did they need... have did they have to win a Super Bowl with the Jets? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we're going back. Joey Galloway, Washington and Tampa. That's a good one, maybe from Did he play for those teams? I don't from really know. Mike Peck. I don't... I don't know a ton about Joey Galloway. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think you can do that one. One percent, good job. Nice, nice. All right, so man, uh, Scott, we really played ourselves with haha. I know. So Scott says Emerson Boozer for Jets Super Bowl champ. Never heard of Emerson Boozer, so uh, let's roll with it. All right. All right, 58. That's the score. That's, that's our best record, I think. I think last week we were 59. Yeah, that, you know, pretty uh pretty solid performance overall, I would say. We uh you know, good job. So 50, Chad. We, we played ourselves with the haha, but I think we're getting better and the screen sharing will help in the future us be efficient and put some good guesses out there. Yep, I agree. All right, guys. Hey, don't forget uh, to like the show before you go. We really need that. But also, Titan Game Day Live as we start to look ahead to the Cleveland Browns game. Away game. Sam and Jack's first time to run the show for our pregame, halftime, and postgame show for Titan Game Day Live. Pregame, halftime, postgame before Titans and Browns coming up on Sunday. So get your calendars ready for that away game. And also, like the show before uh, you head out of here, Sam, you're off to Titans practice later today for the first one of the week. Injury report later on this afternoon for the first time this week. And then Buck Rising live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. We'll catch you guys later on. Appreciate it as always.